Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry? Then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into the newest edition of the Punch List MMA podcast. We are out of quarantine just in time to clean, and we're cleaning out bookies. It's your co-host, Dale Lippin, in here with Trey Van Buskirk. What's up, man? Speaking of clean, I'm going to be honest. I, for a second, when you came on, I thought that was Drew Dober. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, I got to tell you, that dude's intimidatingly handsome it's it's shocking it's one of those things where you look and you're like man i really need to spend some time doing some moisturizers and some exfoliation it's it's out of control yeah i mean the thing is with that too is like you know it's one thing to be good looking it's something else to be good looking and incredibly talented like i need you to just save something for the rest of us um and clearly you know he either knows somebody that doesn't care about you know social distancing or his girlfriend's really good at cutting hair or he just is not under the same restrictions that I'm currently under because I look homeless and he looks like he's a, a real estate tycoon. I just don't understand it, man. Now there's not one follicle that's out of place. It's truly, truly absurd. Right. But, um, you know, I will say there's one thing that always, always can make you look, feel, and just have an overall better aura to yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what you put inside your body. That's true. That's true. Yeah. More importantly than that, uh, you know, what you're putting in your body needs to, it's important that you know where it comes from. You know, it's important that you know that there's no antibiotics, there's no hormones. It's natural. It's the way the good Lord intended. And you get that with stay classy meats. If you go to stay classy meats, use promo code fist, you get 10% off your entire order country right now is acting wild as if there's some sort of meat shortage. Uh, we have been assured time and time again by the guys that stay classy meats. That is not the case. And those of you that are having a hard time locating meat, go to stayclassymeats.com. Use promo code FISC. Get 10% off your entire order and save money and get better quality meat than you would find even if you were able to locate it at your local supermarket. Yeah, absolutely. It's Cinco de Mayo. If you were a little bit forward thinking last week, you might have said, you know what, I'm going to get some carne asada going. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make some nice steak tacos. You could have had it ready to go in your fridge, thawing right now, about to put that on the Traeger and have yourself a nice margarita with some good tacos. That's true. 
you could have if you were forward thinking enough. Uh, but that's that's more your deal than it is mine. Uh, so I'm kind of a, kind of live in the moment kind of guy. But one thing I'm not living in the moment about, man, is this upcoming event: UFC 249, rebooted 2.0, 2.6, 3.0, whatever you want to call it. UFC 249 is happening this Saturday, Jacksonville, Florida. Justin Gaethje, Tony Ferguson, Henry Cejudo, Dominic Cruz. Um, some people are calling this the, the most stacked card in combat sports history. Uh, my personal opinion was UFC 100, I think, was a little bit more stacked. My opinion. Uh, UFC 200 was also bonkers stacked as well, more so than this, my opinion. Uh, but this, as far as it, it you know, it, it's not going to get any better than this right now with this current roster. I mean, we, we want to talk about as many of these fights as we possibly can. Normally, we just do the main event or the main card, rather. However, with this event, man, there's too much to not cover the prelims. I believe that the only fight that you and I are in unison and skipping over is the Sam Alvey-Ryan yeah. Spann fight. Yeah. No need, to, no need to really touch there. I mean, I'm just yeah. going to smile and pass over it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is... Which is what the smiling Sam Alvey thing to do it is, is just go ahead and pass over it. But let's get into the fight that's right above that. Bryce Mitchell taking on Charles Rosa. Thug Nasty taking on Boston Strong. This is a great fight, man, against two guys that are filled with grit. Uh, both with decent stand-up, great submissions, great round ground game. One is more wrestle-heavy um, and one's more submission-based. But it's going to be, in my opinion... Uh, this could be a great ground battle, but normally what we see in instances like this where two guys are great on the ground, they stay standing the whole time. Your estimation, what do you think we should do here? First, I want to—I haven't had a chance to dive into Bryce Mitchell's uh, argument he's having with the UFC right now and making sure that he can get camo on his shorts. Yeah. Normally you can get the standard you know, red, green, gray, black, but he's been campaigning for some camo on his shorts, and you know, you got to look good. You got to feel good. Bryce Mitchell looks pretty good on the ground. You know, when you're throwing out twister submissions, um, 10 planet type guy, I really like Bryce Mitchell in this. I think when it gets, gets to a ground, the comfortability is there and Bryce can really, really take advantage. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they have to make his whole shorts camouflage, but you know, he wears the more Muay Thai style shorts and they do have the cut in them right. and he could, they could make that inset fabric camo i mean we've seen them make that inset fabric uh like a solid color and put a monster logo in there before right. so if you're willing to do it for that uh just changing the colorway to camo it's not endorsing any brand that's not affiliated with the ufc it's merely just a colorway i don't see the problem in putting camouflage in there i like bryce mitchell in this fight man i think he's got the better i think he has the better stand-up i think he's got the better options on the ground but i yep. think that charles rosa is the more physically strong like physically stronger fighter um so he's going to be more powerful he's going to be physically stronger but i think bryce mitchell excuse me has more weapons in order to win this fight and i love him at minus 160 um, I, I think that's i think that's a great line uh so I, i'm definitely all in on making a play on bryce mitchell minus 160 yeah, and I know we have a play with him coming up soon, so we'll get into that. But I love Bryce Mitchell here in this fight. Yeah. Next one we got is a rematch. Vincente Luque taking on Nico Price. Vincente Luque sitting at minus 275. Nico Price plus 215. Nico Price, man, fan favorite every time he makes the walk. 
absolutely, you know, just as exciting as a guy that you're going to find on the roster, taking on Vincente Luque, who is a tactician, a guy built for war, and he's going to bring it to Nico Price, already has a win over him via Darce Choke, so he knows he can get it done. Is that going to play a factor in the mental game of Nico Price, or is Nico Price coming back motivated in Florida looking for redemption? He's definitely coming back motivated and looking for redemption. I mean, he's been very vocal about that. It's going to be a new type of hybrid you're going to see out there, a guy that's extremely explosive and is going to have a couple tricks in his bag. Vicente Luque, though, just like you said, he is a tactician. He's a complete strategist. To me, this fight emulates a lot of what we're going to get into with the Jeremy Stevens and Calvin Cater fight. You've got a guy that can be explosive and uh, be dangerous, and you have another that's very surgical and a total tactician. I like Vicente Luque in this fight. I think that you have to have a calm, cool, and collected head in this fight, and I think he's prepared for these explosions that Nico Price is going to put forth. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously having a win over him previously is definitely going to play into that. Um, but with the, a fight like this, do you think that it's harder to beat a guy two times in a row in a mm. fist fight? You know, and that's my concern is that Nico Price is not an easy guy to beat once, let alone beat twice. And the Vincente Luque that fought Nico Price several years ago is not the same guy that he was then. And Nico Price is not the same Nico Price. This fight is very interesting to me. The over-under is on one and a half. Yeah, I was just looking at that. That's that's interesting. Right. It's it's at one and a half. I kind of like the over in mm -hmm. this fight. Um, and yeah. you can get that at basically a pick em. I really am leaning towards the over on this fight. I'm not necessarily going to say put the stamp on it, make it a play of ours. But people that are interested in this fight, that is going to be something you're going to want to look at yeah. is the over-under on rounds. And one and a half could be something that could prove to be very uh, profitable come Saturday night. I love that. I love that. I'm uh, I'm a little bit shocked we didn't. We didn't solidify that one earlier. I love I love that over one and a half. That's clearly based on Vegas knowing the explosion that Nico's going to bring, the submission and darces that Vicente has. I could see this. Man, you got you got to think a lot of these fights. I mean, these guys have have a. I mean, ring rust aside, they haven't had their sparring partners. You think the first round's going to be a little bit of feeling each other out? You can almost negate that first round. So anything I'm seeing at one and a half right now, I mean, outside of like heavyweights and some really just psycho guys. That's really enticing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things, like you said, you know, you come out and it's almost like a, you know, to, to compare fighting to basketball. It's a, it's a, it's a March madness style approach where you're going to come out and everybody's going to play hard, but they're going to play within their wheelhouse. They're not going to do something that, you know, they're uncomfortable with. You're not going to see any bold new strategies on fighting no. come Saturday night because guys are going to have to rely on what's you know, what they've had available to them. And that's mostly just the bread and butter, uh, it, you know, the occasional interactions with you know, teammates and trainers and things of that nature. Our interview with Drew Dober sort of set, shed some light on that. You know, a lot of times he said he was having his coach come over to his house so they could hit pads outside. Right. Like that's how these guys are getting ready for fights. It's a tough, it's going to be an interesting thing. I would expect quite a few slow starts. But let's transition away from that into another guy that is notoriously, there's an ebb and flow to his fights. Uriah Hall's taking on Jacare Souza. Uriah Hall sitting at a plus 100, Jacare sitting at a minus 
130. This is a tale of three fight streaks, man. Uriah Hall, three in a row on the winning side. Shakare, three three in a row on the losing side. Yeah. Uh, although, albeit built into that, was a failed light heavyweight uh, for soiree. Yeah, whatever you yeah. want to call it. Uh, but here we are. He's coming back to the middleweight division, taking on a surging Uriah Hall. Over under on rounds is at two and a half. You and I have been just chew, chewing our bottom lip raw over this fight, man. What do you yeah. think? This is one of those fights, you know, people talk about when you get out of college or whatever type of schooling you're in and you have those nightmares in the middle of the night. You didn't get an assignment done. You're fully just thinking about, you know, you know what you have upcoming. This has been that fight for me. I have lost sleep over this fight. I've gone back and forth a billion times. And we've said the generic thing a billion times. Uriah Hall, what type of Uriah Hall are we going to see? You know, three-fight winning streak, three-fight losing streak. You know, Jacare is coming in, and this is something where we don't know what we're going to get of either fighter. I will say I like in fights where you're – we just talked about it. When your striking is probably not going to be to the best of its ability, I like to go with a guy that has a better foundation and better ground game. So I like Jacare in this fight which is hilarious because for the past week I've been beating the Uriah Hall drum. Um, but yeah. I've got to go with where the foundation lies and where fights tend to end up on the yeah. ground. Yeah. I, realistically, I see this fight taking place a lot like how we saw Jacare fight Derek Brunson. Um, mm. Every time we've seen you know, Jacare fight Derek Brunson, he's cold, he's calculated, he's methodical. He knows the explosiveness is there. He knows the power is there. Uh, however... He usually weathers a storm, and then he ends up getting the finish. Jacare inside the distance here is a great play. Jacare um, as a whole, money line minus 130 is a good play. Not going to stamp it with the uh, official play status. However, you could do worse than picking Jacare, and you could do worse than picking Jacare inside the distance with this fight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Man, you made a you is, made a you made a post on Instagram today, uh, <laughs> showcasing a fighter on this next fight. Carlos Barza is coming back, taking on Michelle Waterson. Michelle Waterson sitting at a plus one thirty. Carlos Barza at a minus one sixty. Over under on rounds is at two and a half. However, being a female MMA fight, one I don't want to touch it because it's female and it's too unpredictable. But two, that over under offers nothing because over under. Uh, the over two and a half is at minus 500 and the under is at plus 350. Neither one of these women have had a finish in a very long time. Don't necessarily see it ending inside the distance. If it does, it's most definitely going to be by uh, TKO or submission coming from Michelle Waterson against Carla Esparza. Carla I know you love her, is notoriously pillow-fisted and has not ever <laughs> recorded a TKO victory in her entire professional career. She will not get one on Saturday night. However, minus 160, I love wrestlers, and I love Carlos Barza. Uh, although, again, I don't want to play this fight. Hey, you've been in quarantine. If you don't think the Cookie Monsters put on a couple extra pounds with extra chocolate chip cookies, she'll make weight. She'll put some cookie weight back on, get inside control, get the points, get out there. Yeah. I like 160. <laughs> I like minus 160. I would not be surprised to see a you I, I would I would go so far as to say Carlos Barza unanimous decisions 29-28 on all three scorecards. I like that. I like Michelle Waterson possibly winning round 1 
uh, or round three, but I don't see uh, I don't see her winning the fight. Okay. What Speaking of rounds, yeah, I mean that's a great transition into this next fight because you came across a little cookie yourself in regards to the Donald Cerrone Anthony Pettis rounds that are being listed via prop bets. Yeah, but you're skipping Alexio Linick for Fabricio Verdum here. Uh, I thought I had the transition there. That's okay. That's okay. We can go with round as in like the uh, the the back acne of known steroid <laughs> abuser Fabricio Verdum. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> taking on Alexio Linick. Um you know, Alexia Linux sitting at plus 250. Fabricio Verdum coming back off a two-and-a-half-year layoff, obviously, off that USADA suspension. Minus 325. Over-under on rounds is at one-and-a-half. I like the over in this fight uh, on the over one-and-a-half. Both these guys are not good strikers. Uh, they're going to try to get it to the ground. They're going to try to get it to a clinch. It's going to get ugly in a hurry if the, neither one of these guys can secure that submission while they're dry. If everybody gets slippery, things are going to get weird. Uh, over one-and-a-half is sitting at minus 130, and I really like that play here. Yeah, um, you said it perfectly. I was worried you were going to say submissions, uh, plural, but you chose submission singular because we all know Alexi only has one submission in his holster, which is a nice Ezekiel. So unless he's able to get that, that's going to for sure push you over the one and a half. The over looks good on this fight. It does. I will say this, though. People need to not sleep on this. Alexi Olenek has 46 finishes in his mixed martial arts career. Really? 40, 46. <laughs> I'd love to know how many of those are Ezekiel's. Like I, I, 46. I, yeah, 44. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, don't, I have no idea how many are Ezekiel shows. All right, let's get to the featured prelim. Uh, on any fight on any fight card that didn't feature or didn't have Greg Hardy's bum ass on it, this would clearly be a main event or a, mm. a main card slot. Donald Cowboy Cerrone taking on Anthony Pettis. This is a rematch. Pettis won a couple years ago. Uh, Cerrone said that he thought Pettis kicked his liver out of his body. Uh, I don't see this going much differently this time, though. But Cowboy's taking on Anthony Pettis. Cowboy's sitting at a plus 115. Pettis at a minus 145. Over, under, on rounds. Is that two and a half? What are you thinking here, Trey? Hammer the under. Hammer it. There is no question this is going to finish under. Whether that's going to be the body kick we all know is going to happen 1,000% from Anthony Pettis onto Cowboy, or that's going to be Cowboy just utilizing a little bit of his Muay Thai kickboxing, you know, get him out of there, see a gassed Anthony Pettis, which we've seen. Um, he's been on the decline ever since he was a champion, and we've definitely seen his cardio go, and we've seen, you know, a little bit of his, uh, um, what would you call it, uh, his bones, I guess? He's uh, fragile. a little He's fragile. Yeah, He's fragile. exactly. Anthony Pettis is a sports car. He goes really fast and it's really cool to look at as long as everything's working correctly. But the moment one little thing goes wrong, everything falls mm -hmm. apart. And that has been the story of Anthony Pettis the last few years. Again, in the Tony Ferguson fight, he looked amazing until he broke his oh. hand. Oh. Yep. Nate Diaz's fight looked amazing until he broke his foot. Um, yeah. He just continues to break down. Cowboy, on the other hand, doesn't show up half the time. And when he does show up, he's been quitting. So can the sports car uh, outrun the old beat-up pickup truck that may or may not run? If it gets running, it's great and reliable, but it can't get running. Yeah. I will say, though, I love the old 1947 F-150 in this fight. Okay. And I well, will say the reason I like that is because 
you have to take a little bit of the ethos in a couple of these fights. There's been two people on this card that have said really interesting things. One is Francis Ngannou, which we'll get to, but Donald Cowboy Cerrone straight up said very transparently about his fight with with um, uh, with Conor McGregor that he didn't show up. This is he's on a three fight losing skid. When's the last time we saw a four fight losing skid with a UFC veteran? Uh, that is Donald Cowboy Cerrone. I don't see that happening. I like Donald in this fight, but I do think it's going to finish under two and a half either way. Right. And that's why we're making the play at the under two and a half because I'm sitting on the opposite side of that fence of you. <laughs> and I know, I, I believe that Anthony Pettis is going to get Cowboy out of there because Cowboy will be timid because he knows that he can be beaten by Anthony Pettis. The only thing I don't like is, like you've always said, and what you always see, Donald likes to play right here. He's got his little dinosaur yeah. arms. He keeps yeah. his body wide open, and that is the biggest target for a nice little sidekick. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's get into this main card. Jorgen DeCastro taking on Greg Hardy. If you've got anything to say here, go ahead and say it. And for those of you that are new to the show, I purposely do not talk about Greg Hardy because I do not want to give domestic abusers any sort of limelight other than showcasing and letting people know that they are domestic abusers. So I don't have much to say about Greg Hardy. Jorgen DeCastro over under on this fight is at one and a half. And I think we both kind of like the over on this at sitting at minus 165. Both these guys are probably going to come out slow, methodical, and, uh, you know, looking like that seven and a half minute mark might be money at minus 165. What do you think, Trey? Um, yeah, not much to say. I'm in the same boat. I uh, love the over on this fight, but don't want to play it. Um, I would like to see if there's any awesome prop bets if uh, Greg Hardy's going to fuck up in some other way, whether that's an inhaler or um, a soccer kick. Something controversial is going to happen in this fight, and if there is a prop bet on it, I'm all over that. Right. Now, there is a thing that um, Jorgen DeCastro can win by disqualification, and that sets at plus 190. That's, that's not even that great. No. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. No, not much to say here. Yeah. All right. We'll go ahead and keep it moving then. This is my opinion. This is the most avoidable fight of the night, the one we're getting ready to talk about. I am so back and forth on this fight. I don't know what to think of it. Jeremy Stevens taking on Calvin Cater. Jeremy Stevens sitting at a plus 197. Calvin Cater sitting at minus 252. Over, under, on rounds is at two and a half, which could not be more challenging. Mm -hmm. um, the under two and a half sitting at plus 147 over two and a half minus 177. Jeremy Stevens can win this fight at any moment if Calvin Cater makes a mistake, but we have not seen Calvin Cater make mistakes. The only mistake we've seen him make inside the octagon is waiting too long to go after Zabit. That's yeah. it. I, I like, I have gone back and forth on this as well, but I, you got to look at the younger prospect in Calvin Cater. He's going to get in. Like you said, he's surgical. He'll go by the book. Jeremy Stevens is going to have that huge overhand right. But when he gets in trouble, he gets in trouble. And we also have to talk about this dude's had how many fights? Over 30 fights in his career in the UFC. Not just in his career. Sorry, in the UFC. Right. He's had a shit ton of fights. At what point is your chin a little bit deteriorated with a guy that's going to keep picking it, has amazing boxing? I like Calvin in this fight, but yeah, it's it's a nightmare of a matchup for for both. Yeah, and I don't see values in the numbers here going after either one of these guys. Um, you know, 
things that make me nervous about Jeremy Stevens. Um, he can be a slow starter. Uh, he's susceptible to body attacks. Things that make me nervous about Calvin Cater. His body of work is pretty limited. We haven't seen him really struggle at all. Uh, the Shane Burgos fight was a back-and-forth fight, but that's really the most we've seen him struggle. Even in the fight against Zabit, he didn't really struggle. He just couldn't get going, um, which wasn't struggling. It was just poor execution. And the other thing that worries me about Calvin Cater is he holds his right hand a little bit lower than makes me comfortable. Uh, it's not exactly chin level. It's just about shoulder height, which is very unsettling with a guy that can get creative like Jeremy Stevens. Uh, I also like Jeremy Stevens' leg kicks, and Calvin Cater stands very heavy on that front leg. We have not seen a lot of kicks or takedowns out of Calvin Cater, so if he cannot do what has gotten him this far, Jeremy Stevens has more weapons to get him out of there. Uh, but all, all that being said, I don't want to touch this fight, man. It makes me way, way, way too nervous. Yeah, there's nothing I want to do with this. Not at all. Okay, well, let's keep it moving. Yair Rosenstruck taking on Francis Ngannou. This has promised to be the Derek Lewis versus Francis Ngannou we were all promised years ago that turned out to be a complete shit show. Hopefully, this will not be a, a, a repeat. Yair Rosenstruck sitting at a minus, or I'm sorry, at a plus 240. Francis Ngannou minus 300. Over and under rounds is at one and a half, Trey. This is, I alluded to this earlier, and when I talked about a little bit of, uh, of context that was put out there, Francis Ngannou blatantly said, this has been the most exhausting camp. I'm mentally exhausted on all levels. And that scares me because you cannot be mentally exhausted against Yaria Rosenstruck. The guy dealt with um, an Alistair Overeem that was murdering him the whole time, but somehow kept his composure to the last five seconds, capitalized, and won the fight. So we know Yarir can actually stay in the pocket. He can take some damage. Now, granted, is it Francis Ngato damage? I don't think so. But I do know he can weather a storm. At one and a half on rounds, I love the over on that. Um, but I do think that this is going to be a little bit more of a slower start to Francis Ngano uh, than we've normally seen. Yeah. I've been hyping Rosenstruck in this fight since they announced it. I think that he's sneaky athletic um we've seen we've seen francis and ganu be very powerful we have not seen him be that athletic and mm. if you remember during the rosenstruck fight he was throwing a lot of flying knees he was throwing a lot of wheel kick. Yeah. like he was trying to throw a very wide myriad of different striking techniques now albeit he wasn't very successful in them but they were there for him and okay. he maintained the same consistent pace for five rounds um, it was not something that we, you know, anticipated him being able to do because there was no takedown attempts in that fight, and he maintained the same level of output. Right. Alistair Overeem was calm, cool, and collected for every second of that fight. In my opinion, I think that Dan Mergliotis turned, saved Yair Rosenstruck in that sure. sense and got him that win because Overeem did pop back up. There was yep. five seconds left. He should not have walked away. It wasn't a walk-away knockout. Yep. Uh, but as it stands anyway, it doesn't matter. It's still a knockout. He still won the fight. I don't think Francis Ngannou can stay that disciplined for that long. No. I don't think that he can stay disciplined for two rounds, let alone three, four, five. And this is going to go through the three rounds. I think Biggie Boy gets Francis Ngannou out of there. How's that? 
I'm not saying it's a play. Oh, jeez, dude. Oh, God. Um, listen. <laughs> Yair Rosenstruck is a plus 300 to win by KO or TKO. Plus 300, Trey. Uh, just, just, uh, we had a game plan, dude. You're right. All right. We're not going to go off the game plan. You're right. We're not going to go off the game plan. We're not going to go off the game plan. I can, I can feel your frustration. We're not going to do it. You talked yourself into that, dude. I know, I know. Like, you've got whimsical language, but you can't do that, dude. You cannot okay. do that. We have a plan. The plan we'll is play the over. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the co-main event of the evening. Dominic Cruz taking on Henry Cejudo. Dominic Cruz plus 195. Henry Cejudo minus 235. Over under on rounds is at four and a half. Uh, over four and a half minus 186. Under four and a half. Sing it plus 150. What do you like here? Oh, man. I feel like that's how I'm going to start every segment for mm-hmm. every fight on this Everybody card. Everybody about every fight. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got a guy. We've talked about this. We beat this beat this to a poll. Dominic Cruz hasn't fought since 2016. People forget Henry Cejudo is just coming off a crazy arm surgery. Um, no sparring. Um, you know, this fight, we've never seen really Dominic Cruz be finished, um, albeit we saw it uh, in WBC, uh, Uriah Faber, Guillotine. Henry Cejudo, we saw it against DJ, but really these guys know how to avoid damage. Um, I think that at four and a half, Vegas is very smart. (laughs) They know that this thing's most likely probably going to go the distance. Mm -hmm. But I think with guys that are either coming off the couch or coming off surgery, these guys, their cardio is not going to be to the level that it should be. And I think a little bit of anxiety to get it done and get it done quick so they don't have to get into later rounds is going to be top of mind. So it makes me think that maybe the under is the way to go. Yeah, I can I can lean that way for sure. I definitely see that. Uh, my you know my concern with that is you can take your exact logic and apply it to why it will go over four and a half as well. Okay. Um, you know, because we've also been looking at it and saying, well, you know, you can basically throw round one away, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say this though is that there appears to be a little bit of bad blood coming from Cruz towards Henry Cejudo, and. You know, Cruz really seems to have taken offense to the way Henry Cejudo has been treating him, really has taken offense to the way that he's spoken about him. And it doesn't appear as if he feels like he's getting his just due in the respect era or the respect aspect of it. And with that, I think we might see a motivated Dom Cruz. Now, like you said, he's coming off four years on the couch. It wasn't for lack of effort. Uh, there were fights that were booked. There were injuries that were happened. You know, there was time to recover that took place. Henry Cejudo has fought pretty recently, even though it seems like he hasn't fought in a long time. We're coming up on like right at a year since we've seen Henry Cejudo inside the cage. People need not forget how good Henry Cejudo is. I know the Triple C character is a moniker that he goes by, but I will say this again. The guy is a gold medalist in wrestling. Uh, the single most beneficial skill set you can have in mixed martial arts. He's a gold medalist in it. He's also flyweight champion, former flyweight champ, and current bantamweight champ. This dude is arguably uh, with a win over a guy like Dominic Cruz and maybe Ho- Ho- Jose Aldo down the way- the road. Arguably one of, if not the greatest combat sports athlete of all time. I say that knowing the full gravity of what I'm talking about here and how ridiculous that may sound. Henry Cejudo might be with a win here 
crown the greatest combat sports athlete of all time. He is aware of what's at stake here. Getting a punctuation mark finish over Dominic Cruz would be the icing on his cake. Under four and a half plus 150 is about the most value you're going to find on this fight unless you think Dominic Cruz is going to win outright at plus 195. Yeah, I mean, he said it perfectly. What Henry really is, is he's a resume builder. This is a guy that wants to be at the tier one top companies for a year, showcase he was at Apple, he was at Google, he was at, you know, whomever. He wants to show all the names of what he has done and what he's accomplished. He's been in quick. He doesn't, Dom Cruz, who's a legend of the sport, this is just another check mark on that resume for him. Um, I think he does want to make a statement. He's going to want to make it quick. Um, given his injury as well as he knows how long it's been for Cruz to be back in the octagon. Regardless, if Cruz, who's been the poster child for I don't believe in ring rust, right. we'll see if that if that holds truth. Yeah, four years is a long time. I understand not believing in it in two years or 18 months, but four years is a long time. All right, let's touch on this main event. We've given pretty much our breakdown on how we think this fight is going to go in the last two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um We'll obviously recap some of that now. However, we have talked about this fight extensively. Main yeah. event: Justin Gaethje, Tony Ferguson. Justin Gaethje minus, or, sorry, plus one fifty-five. Tony Ferguson minus one ninety. Over under on rounds is at two and a half, which is a pick'em, regardless of how you're looking at it. I love Justin Gaethje outright at plus one fifty-five in this fight. He hits harder than anybody Tony's ever fought. He's got better leg kicks. We have rumors that he's an amazing wrestler, although nobody's ever seen it. <laughs> yeah. um, he's got the accolades to back it up. Uh, Justin Gaethje, with a little bit more time, feels like he's coming in at 100%, ready to rock and roll against El Kakui. Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje. I like Tony, or I like Justin Gaethje rather outright, plus 155. I find it so funny that this is the one fight that for the past couple of weeks we have known what we're going to do. Yeah. Everything else has changed. You know, we've seen lines move. This is one we didn't care what happened. This is what we believe is going to happen. And for those that listened to episodes before, I implore you, go watch Tony Ferguson versus Kevin Lee. That'll tell you everything you need to know as to why Justin Gaethje is going to win this fight. If he can use this myth- mythical wrestling, great. But we saw Kevin Lee land some serious overhand rights on Tony Ferguson and rock him. The power differential between Justin Gaethje and Kevin Lee is even, isn't is even, you can't even monitor it. That's how completely different scale it is. Justin Gaethje, this is a great fight for you. Tony Ferguson, nightmare. Say goodbye, Khabib. I would agree. I think this is Tony's Tony's boat leaving the dock. Um, you know, they never want it. They, truthfully, you know, and we've said this before, uh, episode was at 16, or the Conor McGregor conspiracy theory. The UFC has never wanted Tony versus Connor um, and anything that they could do to get rid of Tony to keep Tony from touching Connor is what they needed to do they realized that Tony versus Khabib was going to be this crazy ordeal and it was slowing down the process of getting Connor the belt back they're just going to keep feeding Tony there's no reason why Tony can't wait for Khabib there's no reason they're giving Khabib the option to wait till September to fight there's no reason why Tony could say couldn't say, no, I'm going to wait till September and fight Khabib. There's no reason why he couldn't say that. No. Instead, they are booking him against Justin Gaethje because they want Gaethje to win. 
My concern with this is is that both Gaethje and Khabib are managed by Ali. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what happens there? Ali doesn't give a shit, dude. He gets paid on both sides. That's he doesn't right. care about his fighters. He just wants his wallet full. Oh, he wants his wallet full so he can send it back to the Taliban. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> I gotta say alleged. I gotta say allegedly. We'll get shut down. Allegedly. <laughs> oh, geez. Thanks. You know, caught me on that one. All right. So <laughs> Justin Gaethje. I love that play. Um, some prop bets real quick, guys, that I love for the the Justin Gaethje, Tony Ferguson fight. Uh, if you go to a certain uh Certain book, uh, mybookie.ag, uh, not to plug them because we're not associated with them. But if you go there, there's some great round-by-round breakdowns. Yes. Um, and if you believe that Justin Gaethje is going to win this fight, uh, he's you know more than likely going to do it by knockout. There are some great round-by-round knockout numbers. Uh, to give you an example, to read them off from rounds one through five, respectively, they go plus 450, plus 900, plus 1600, plus 2200, plus 2800. Simple math on this would say that if you put one unit on rounds two, three, four, and five, doesn't matter what round it happens in, you're going to come out at least up four units uh, at a bare minimum. Yep. So yep. it's about as surefire of a bet as you can possibly have. Uh, the only way that you would lose money on that is if it happened in round one. And even then, if you kept it at a one-unit bet, you wouldn't lose money. You would just come out slightly above even. So if Justin Gaethje wins by knockout and you play a one-unit play on all four rounds, or all five rounds, rather, you will come out with at least at least up half a unit. All you have to do is hope that Justin Gaethje wins inside the distance. That's it. And you're going to win. So it... That's like a built-in hedge. Let's uh, let's put the sprinkle on the cupcake here, and let's yeah. circle back to what we had talked about, or I had uh, jumped into. Look out a little, uh, little sporadic here with the Don Cerrone Anthony Pettis round by round. Yeah. So you're seeing that even to a gnarlier degree. Yeah, yeah. Let me pull that up real quick while you're talking about that. This this is something where you know Dale had come across it, and it almost just seems like it's a glitch. Right. <laughs> It really does. This is a fight, and we talked about this, you know, when we were dissecting the fight. At two and a half, you know, you want to play the under on this fight. So you know it's going to close out. We know that Anthony Pettis is going to come in with that kick. We know Donald Cerrone. We don't know if he's motivated. Regardless, both these guys are going to come in slugfest. One's getting out there quick. Now, the question is, if you were to play rounds one or two, you have some serious, serious upside to to take advantage. Yeah. So... If you're looking at if you're looking at it inside um, the distance, there's there my bookie's offering either plays, so it's either fighter can win. Doesn't matter. Either fighter wins in round one, that's a plus three hundred. Either fighter wins in round two, it's plus four hundred, and either ra- fighter wins in round three is at plus six hundred. So, so a one unit play on round one is going to win you three units back. There's only two other two other rounds in the fight. <laughs> so you're going to come out one unit on top, yeah. right? Round two is at plus 400. So you're going to come out two units on top. And then respectively in round three, you'll come out. I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. I feel like it's not a glitch, but if you feel like this fight's going to end inside the distance, go play 
one unit or two units, however you want to scale that accordingly, on each one of these because you're going to win plus your money back. Yeah, it blows my mind. If you didn't get your money from the government and a recent check, this is pretty much it right here, guys. Yeah. Take advantage. Yeah. So, And then you're watching the fight going, I don't care who wins. Yeah. It just can't go the distance. That's it. Now, conversely, you don't have the either option on the Fer- the Ferguson uh, Gaethje fight. There are no either options available for that. It's one or the other. This is one of the few fights available on this card. If you go to my bookie, .ag, again, we're not associated with them, um, and put in, you know, or you go to the book or whatever, they have the either option. There's only a handful of fights that are like this, and this by far has the best chance of finishing inside the distance. Yeah, man, there's some serious value. So let's let's circle back here. Sure. I know we went through all the fights here. Let's talk about our official plays um, yep. and uh, cap it off here. Okay, so Justin Gaethje outright. Yep. Bryce Mitchell. Yep. And then we are going to parlay Bryce Mitchell with... Fabricio, correct? Verdum, yep. Yeah. Yep. And then our fourth play and final play of the night is going to be the Cejudo Cruz fight inside the distance. Inside the distance. Yep. So you've heard our breakdowns for all the fights. However, four official plays Gaethje outright, Cruz Cejudo inside the distance. <clears throat> um, Verdum, the, Bryce Mitchell, Parlay. Yep. Verdum, Bryce Mitchell, Parlay, and. Uh, Cowboy and Anthony Pettis inside the distance. No, I'm sorry, under two and a half. Under yeah. two and a half is what we're going with that. So yeah. those are the four official plays. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that haven't set it up yet, the Verdum uh, Bryce Mitchell parlay is returning. It's coming back at like a plus 110. So uh, about 1.1 return on your money there. Very fitting to cap off the episode with Bryce Mitchell. Guys, do not get your junk stuck in power tools. And the only way you can do that, one, don't put a power tool right next to your ball sack. But two, make sure you're groomed. Make sure you've got that nice 18th green, you know, fairway looking nice. The only way to do that is utilize our code punch at manscaped.com. That'll get you 20% off and free shipping. Dale, you sent me a pretty funny meme today uh, that really explains what you can do with your deck. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you trim your bushes, your deck looks bigger. Uh, huh. A little little dad joke there. Uh, <laughs> however, it, 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 if you're going to put powerful tools near your junk, guys, uh, no joke. I mean, we're talking about 7,000 RPMs here. Um, that's, that's a serious piece of equipment. You need that skin-safe technology, and that's what Manscaped offers. It's going to get you as close as humanly possible without fear of shredding your ball sack open like happened to Bryce Mitchell a few years back uh, because the man, you know, if you're not familiar, put a drill in his pants as he was climbing up a ladder, activated the drill, and ripped his ball sack wide open um, because it got wrapped up in the drill bit. You don't want to put powerful tools near your junk unless it is a Manscaped lawnmower 3.0. Use promo code PUNCH and save 20% and get that free shipping playboy. I know, I know. And it'll arrive on time. It's not like Amazon, which tells you it's on prime in two days and you get it three weeks later. I know it. Manscaped's <laughs> on it, dude. They're on it. <laughs> They're on it. All right, Trey, it's been a long time coming, man. You know, 
the the vibe and the energy isn't down. It's the calm before the storm. You know, yes. I feel like a lot of people expect like maybe even this episode for us to be like very uh, bombastic about everything. But we have been so bloodthirsty and so hungry for fights for so long that we're all just sort of waiting for the storm to get here. So this is just the calm before the storm. Do not let our calm even demeanor belie our expectations and excitement for these fights. We are just hungry dogs waiting for the meat to hit the floor. Oh yeah. If you would have heard uh, the tone in my dialect with, uh, with Dale before we jumped on, on for recording, it has been the most high pitched, stressed out, sweating, excited dude you've ever heard in your entire life. Sound like a 12 year old girl. I'm ready to go. Let's get back into fights, brother. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. All right, guys. Cheers. Be good to each other. And we will talk to everybody on social media between now and Saturday. Uh, Saturday night as fights are happening, we will be on Instagram answering questions, betting advice, tips, all that other stuff. We'll also hop on Instagram live before the main event or main card actually kicks off to recap the prelims. So go ahead and set a reminder now. Uh, about 9.30 Eastern time, we will we'll be on Instagram Live talking about what's happening on the prelims, prepping for the actual main card, which is going to kick off at 10 o'clock Eastern. Uh, if you don't follow us already, do follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook. If you have questions, shoot them to us at chat at punchlistmma.com, um, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah I got that. Know okay. our email address. I do know our Fantastic. email. I know, right? It's only taken <laughs> it's only taken four months. I finally got it down. Um, but yeah, reach out and we'll you know we try to help out as much as we can. And then you know also if you haven't done so, please like, subscribe, yes. share, and review on iTunes, guys. Um, we just recently completed an interview with Drew Dober, UFC lightweight uh, star that's getting ready to fight next weekend. Uh, at UFC Jacksonville against Alexander Hernandez. Check out that interview. Uh, Drew was super generous with his time. And if you want to see us do more interviews, if you are able to like, subscribe, share, and write reviews, it moves us up those iTunes ladders, those Spotify ladders, and that helps us leverage with fighters in order to get them on the show. They want to see that they're coming on to something that people are actually watching and liking and sharing because they're trying to build their brand as well. So if you haven't supported us in that way, we don't ask for any monetary support. We ask for that actual subscription slash review support. Anything else, Trey? I think you covered it, man. Um, guys, again, share, like, and subscribe. We appreciate all you. We love the support, and we are excited for Saturday night. All right, guys, take care. Appreciate everybody. Be good to each other.